for good grades. I wish I was better at relationships. I wish I was an artist. I wish I had a better relationship with my wife. I wish for a life full of happiness. I wish I may. I wish I might. Have to wish. Hi there. Happy Monday. Welcome to Beyond Wishful Thinking with Sherry. Don't forget that you can download my energy guide. My energy guide is basically your first coaching session. It's a booklet I've put together that allows you to work through and discover how you can think about things in a way that allows you to see where you might want to put a little bit of work. And then of course, I offer my services to guide you through that and to give you some of the things that I have learned. I do actually have an energy course that I can work with people through. Um, it's around your chakras and the things that are within us that we kind of don't think about until we've drained all of our energy. So today, I think what I'm going to talk about is just a few of the thoughts I've had in the last couple of weeks, nothing very specific. We use the word normal a lot. And when there's a diversity of that, then we call it, um, oh shoot, I just lost it, like atypical or neurodivergent, the concept that it's diverging away from or it's different than. I saw a post that really I resonated with. It was someone had drawn a logo and it was for, quote, normal people. And the idea being that all of the people in society who have something that puts them on the spectrum, they were pretending or acting like this logo would be for the normal people because normal people miss out. Normal people don't understand the beauty that comes from being neurodivergent. And I really appreciated that and thought about that some more. Um, I've done a reel this week. Some of you may have seen that. It was about uh, a conversation I overheard in a grocery store about a woman. Well, not about a woman. A woman was walking through the grocery store having a conversation with someone else. Um, and I was intrigued by it. I, I was just, there was only like four of us in the grocery store and she and I just kept passing each other in the aisles. And so I heard four or five of her comments in this discussion. And one of the comments was, yeah, I know. Apparently she said, I'm married now. I don't have to kind of listen to other people. And then the next comment I heard was they don't even have appropriate beds for the kids. Then I heard something like, I think it's his way or the highway. And so it seemed that some members of a group were not feeling that someone was living their best life. Uh, whose story was to be believed? It's hard to know. There was care in this woman. She wasn't irritated. She was seemingly trying to discuss with someone else ways that they could maybe help these children. And so that got me thinking a little bit this week about all of the things that all of the people work amongst and with and life isn't so easy and cut and dried as we know but yet while we're living it we tend to forget that and um something else that i've been studying a little bit about and kind of have a theory on and yet um 
need to keep learning and striving to understand so that I can teach. And it's about trauma. We hear a lot right now about childhood trauma. And I believe there are people who feel like they did not suffer any trauma as a child because the word trauma, I think, evokes bigger picture to people. It evokes um, things that must be unimaginable. And so then now we also hear about small t trauma. So the idea that trauma can be something that isn't large. It could be subsidious. It could be something that just drips away and still has the potential to change someone. And so I was thinking about that and thinking about um, our own life as we live it just for ourselves. And then, of course, we don't we don't live in a bubble. And so we do live amongst other people. I had a husband die while I was seven months pregnant with my second child. And I feel like we did a good job around that child. We loved him. People helped me with him. And yet just recently it occurred to me in some of the work that I've been doing that what did we miss? Cause I'm sure we did miss something. Um, what part of the grief and sorrow that people were feeling affected what he was given. Maybe he was given too much because of that. We could think trauma is a negative, but it could be something that is just not aligned with uh, balance. I was washing some dishes this morning and I put my cup down on the metal drying rack that is a part of my sink. And it occurred to me in that moment, that I bought that sink with that metal drying rack because of a trauma in my childhood. And I didn't even make that connection until this morning entirely. I'm sure on some level I might've been aware of that, but this morning it impacted me maybe because I was thinking of doing a podcast, but how these traumas affect us when I was somewhere between four and six, I had to do dishes in my biological family, which isn't a bad thing if it's done in an environment where you are not the slave and being made to feel that you should be contributing on some level, it's fine to want your children to contribute, but with love and with help and doing it together as a family and educating, that wasn't the environment that I lived in. And at one point, someone, one of the adults in the home, discovered that there were worms crawling in the water under the drying rack. Um, if you grew up in the 60s, 70s, you can probably, maybe even the 80s, those kind of like a Tupperware rack with the plastic coated wire, and that's what it was, and nobody moved it, and that's what happened. And so the four and the six-year-old in the home were the problem. We were the blame we were spanked for it. We were screamed at, and that would, that would fall under trauma. No understanding of why that was being put upon us. No ability possibly to even change that because we didn't have the knowledge to do it. And it didn't, I could say if that was the one isolated effect or isolated incident of trauma, sure, my life wouldn't have been affected horribly. But if that's one incident, then I'm sure there were others, and I know there were others. And so there's a sense of that being a 
continual trauma that would drip away and affect something within me. My mother never did laundry. Um, she often would just wash what was on our backs and we would wear it again for the following week. I don't know if my sister and I decided that we wanted it cleaner or if there was a sense that we were told to, I have no memory of that, but I do remember laundry on the floor in a spot in the house and we were doing laundry one day and in the process of getting the laundry, there were big worms in that too. And so we could look at somebody. So for me, especially laundry was something that, um, I didn't always enjoy. In fact, when I came to my adoptive home, just because of the age I was in the mix of children, laundry was my job again. And it was a large family and I did it all and folded it, put it away. And there were times that I remember my mother saying, Sherry does the laundry, go ask her. So laundry for me is a big deal. And someone else could look at my life and think, why is laundry such a big deal for her? I like it done and put away most of the time I achieve that. I certainly don't like it laying around. And I certainly have had times with my kids where I'm sure they've stopped and looked at me and thought, what is her problem? And so that's just a very quick illustration of things that happen to people that affect who they are. And every one of us will have something because no parent is perfect. No parent has been um, in a way that they, maybe when they were tired or a, a position that they have in their home that was affected by their upbringing has changed something for their child. So that's a real quick overview of small T trauma. And so then imagine all of the human beings walking around and indicating that that is something that we need to be aware of. So then how do we change that? Uh, we can't go backward. We can only go forward. We can assume that once we now know that maybe we should be looking at what people have going on and try to come together as a human race in having more discussion. I know there are people who think discussion is a waste of time. I know that people would rather grunt out one thing and move on. They don't want to take time. It's awkward. It's difficult. And it is because it means we have to share our feelings. But is that possibly why we don't feel that we can share our feelings is because of trauma in our lives, because nobody cared to listen. We want our children to talk and then we tell them to be quiet. We want them to learn to walk and then we ask them to sit down and get out of the way. How can we keep that evolving? How can we help them? We end up as people expecting other people to be the way we want them to be so that we can function. And in order to do that, we must look at our lives, understand what was difficult for us and maybe why. I've heard this said by many people. Yeah, sure. My family wasn't great, but I survived. And so will they. In fact, I think um, Prince Harry in his book or in his interview with Oprah, there was a comment made about why did they feel that they deserved different treatment because that's how it had been going on for years. That is not an excuse to stay somewhere because it's been going on for years. 
abuses have been going on for years for sure. And that is why, like I referred to earlier, we end up with war in countries where war has been because people who are unhealed emotionally can't function in a way that makes things perfect for everybody. We're not going to have a perfect world because it would be impossible to heal all those people. But we can look to ourselves and start trying to heal what we need to have healed. And so when we meet resistance, instead of pushing through, maybe we should stop and be curious. Why is this difficult for me? Why do I want to push through? Why is it that I don't have the understanding of other people? I know I have heard it said many times that I am difficult to be around because I'm willing to have the conversations. But I also think that that is why I have managed to come through the things I have come through. And many people on the same hand will say, wow, I don't know if I'd be where you are today if I had the life you had. Well, you can't have it both ways. The reason I pushed through was because I talked about it. The reason I was able to do that is because I keep looking to wanting happiness. And if I don't have it, I think, why not? What is it I need to change? What could be different? The minute something irritates us, we should look at the irritation and say, is it me? Can I change it? Can I learn more? What can I develop so that the next time I meet that resistance, I have an answer for it? And that's really the simplicity of what I do with coaching is what is irritating you? Where is the resistance? What is it that you don't seem to understand? And then um, we take a look at it and we have different strategies and we have ways of asking questions that make a person's mind stop. It's very difficult when you are in the middle of a storm to realize how much easier it will be to walk when the storm is over. It's hard because all we're focusing on is why it's hard to walk right now. And so that's all I have this morning. Really, it was just a thought of how can we take these things that we bump up against? How can we assess that normal isn't maybe good? Maybe the people who are on a spectrum because they work so hard to be normal, typical, because I don't even like the word normal. That's what makes them better. Maybe that's what makes them achieve the things they achieve. I use metaphors a lot in my coaching. And one of the metaphors I use for um, people who are on a spectrum is to try and imagine if it was a physical disability where they had a prosthetic and what would they do if they had to work really hard to be able to, with their prosthetic, do what they did before. And I think that's harder to imagine emotionally. And yet I know it's doable, but it isn't doable if you don't have help. It isn't doable if there isn't someone who believes that it's possible. There's that, like I said, that adage of, um, you know, you can't change things, but I think you can. And change happens when something becomes popular. Look at quotes, look at things that happen, look at trends. People want to be part of a trend. I'm actually trying to be on TikTok and Instagram and all these different platforms because I want to introduce myself to more and more people. And trends are how you get noticed. 
And so let's have trends become something where we stop trying to be top dog. We stop trying to be typical. And we look at things that aren't typical as a gem. We look at things that we see as unknown to us and want to discover what makes it that way. And so the next time someone speaks to you in a certain way, maybe stop and think, what do they need? Add some love to that. Add some, and it won't always work. I have been there. I have done that. I have a compassionate heart. And when I see people struggle, I I have verbally said, what can I do to help you? And if they don't want the help, there's nothing you can do. Some people want to stay in the misery they know. Some people can't imagine that what they think they deserve is um, not right or not possible. There are people who are in a certain situation and they think that that is typical and that everything around them is atypical. And there is nothing in this world that is so set that we can't change it. And we can come to terms with that. We can start to look at the things that we, and, and, and the things that don't work well. So let's go back to my son. He is a person with a great job and a family. He's done well for himself. It was him that I thought about because of the trauma that he was born into. Um, he wasn't born with it, but he was born into a world where trauma had just happened. And so what do we do around that? I loved him dearly. I still do. I loved every aspect, but I am sure there were times that I was not emitting or emoting the uh, happiness that I would have in a typical birthing situation. And so that is something that I'm aware of. And so I need to be understanding that what can I keep offering? What can I understand? What could I learn about? what was set in his brain at that time. I can't change it. I was going through that, but I can strive to be different. I can be curious. I can find out if there's still a need that needs to be met. Um, maybe even the child that was already here, there was a lot going on. There wasn't the second parent to guide that child. So nothing's perfect. Life isn't perfect. We aren't perfect. So then we need to be willing to be accountable for the fact that we will make mistakes and we won't do things right. But then when something doesn't go right, let's not slough it off on someone else. Let's not say they're the problem. Let's assess the situation and say, what could we do to fix it? How could it be different? And both people have to be willing to give. Both people have to want the conversation. And then something different could come out of it. It mightn't be perfect. It mightn't be fixed, but at least in the process, learning can happen. And the more we learn, the better off we all could be. As much as I enjoy discussions, I also want to provide a service to people who would like more. If you want to do more than listen, get in touch with me with the links in the description. You can also email me through hello at beyondwishfulthinking.ca. And I'd like to give you content you enjoy, so please leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're watching through my YouTube channel, leave your comments below. If you want more of Beyond Wishful Thinking podcasts, make sure to subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you are listening right now.